0: as the oracles of God I speak with grace that only you God supplies the word of God shall be divided precisely and accurately there shall be no errors no contradictions there shall be clarity of thought purpose understanding and expression all in the light of the audience of one Christ, our Lord Jesus. May you receive the glory. May we receive the edification. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Well, I want to continue today with what I started last week, like I said from the beginning, know it right, Paul's thorn in the flesh part 2. Know it right, Paul's thorn in the flesh part 2. Now you realize that last week we established the fact That putting sickness in Paul's gospel was an affront to the word of God. And that is why wrong thinking produces wrong believing. And this results in wrong experiences. And most people, as a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody today. And he said he heard a preacher say that. Job, um, sorry, Apostle Paul was suffering from epilepsy. And he had serious problems uh, in the area of weaknesses with women. And that was the part of the infirmity he was talking about. And so it really gives cause for worry when we don't precisely and accurately divide the word of God. It would definitely lead us to presume what is not scripture and therefore. It will lead us to believe what we're not supposed to believe. Think what we're not supposed to think. And then in the end we'll live what we are not meant to live. Now, for example, the moment you believe this, that what Apostle Paul was talking about with regards to his infirmity, in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7, then all that you're going to say is that when you are sick, it is the will of God. Because the way they explained the scripture was that God was the one who brought him the sickness in order to humble him. So you see, for some of us, when you're going through certain very bitter experiences, you console yourself with this scripture. That God is the one behind it and God is using it to humble you. No. That is not what scripture says. As a matter of fact, Job suffered the same fate and he later found out. Job chapter 42 verse 5 Job said, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes sees you. So you see Job said I knew you by the things that people said you are. So you see his concept of God or his concept The concept of the understanding of God came by people's experiences. But then after he had gone through his experience, then he realized that he saw God wrongly. So he said, now I know you, not by what somebody said. I know you. Because you have revealed you to me. I like the way the Good News Bible puts it. Job 42 verse 5, the Good News Bible. He says, in the past, I knew only what others had told me. But now, I have seen you with my own eyes. May you receive light that comes by the word of God in exactitudes with regards to his intent and thought as revealed in scripture. Many of us can be like Job. And James warns us of seeing God in the light of presumption or assumption. Look at how James warns us. James 1, 13. And then we jump to 16 and 17. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Did you hear that? So how do you say God tempted Apostle Paul with sickness? It's unfounded. Look at the 16 and 17. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Did you see that? So James is saying there is no way God will have something good for you and change his mind about it. No. When God gives you something it is all good. And he doesn't change his mind because of what you did, what you do, or what you will do. No. It is not in the nature of God. And that is why the believer has a responsibility to be filled with knowledge. And if a local church downplays The teaching of scriptures, in its accuracy, then that local church is not safe. So please, every believer must be a student of the word, and must seek to have knowledge, precise and accurate knowledge, what God did for Christ, for us, sorry, in Christ. And that is a prayer Paul prayed in Ephesians 4, 13 to 14, and Ephesians 1, 17. Ephesians 1, 17 says that the God of God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And this is one prayer you must continually pray. As you study the word, may you understand it in the light of Christ and what He's saying to you. Ephesians 4.13 verse 14 talks about the responsibility of the fourfold ministry and the expectation of God for every believer till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man a mature man, the word perfect there is the word a mature man to the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and be carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So you should not be an infant in the word of God in the knowledge of Christ in the knowledge of his will in the word tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine it leads you into deception because it is only the ignorant that can be deceived it is what you don't know that is used deceive you. Don't be susceptible to error and to deceit till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. First Timothy 2.4 says who will have all men to be saved And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. To come unto the knowledge of the truth. So you must always go for knowledge. Knowledge of Him in His Word. All right. So let's go to our main text. We have since been talking about Paul's stone in the flesh. And we said that it wasn't sickness and disease. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure now basically because of the words that were used thorn in the flesh if you're not careful you're going to think that that's exactly what he's saying but the thorn in the flesh is a figure of speech like we said it means hindrances distractions opposition like we saw used in the old testament in numbers in joshua and also the word infirmity. Now, none of the other versions used sicknesses or diseases for the word infirmity in the text. In the text. Now let's look at how other Bible versions put it. Look at 2 Corinthians 12:7 to 10. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible and then I'll take the New Living Translation Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason to keep me from exalting myself there was giving me a thorn in the flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. To keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me and he has said to me my grace is sufficient for you for power is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore i will rather boast in my weaknesses you see he didn't use sicknesses because that was the place in the new king james version And in the King James Version, he used infirmities. So he should have used I would rather boast in my sicknesses or diseases. But he said weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore I am well content once again with weaknesses. And then he goes on to describe the weaknesses, insults, distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So where are sicknesses and diseases here? Apostle Paul is saying that he will boast in the persecutions, in the afflictions, in the difficulties, in the insults and distresses that were meant to him in his assignment and hang him on with regards to the abundance of revelation. But that rather that was meant to stop him help him to become humble to trust in the grace of God. So you see, what the devil meant to cause him to lose focus, to be discouraged, and to stop the revelation, rather brought him into a place of humility to continually trust the grace of God. Are you understanding it? Look at the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, (laughs) a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take away Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. (laughs) Not in sicknesses. So now, I am glad to boast in my weaknesses. So that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses. And in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ for when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise God. You see, the power of God works in our place. Listen to me where the enemy hits us, how do you have a testimony? When the power of God breaks forth, it breaks forth when the enemy hits. That is where you rely on him and you see his power at work, true or false. So you see, it is not God that brought Apostle Paul the persecutions. It was the devil Fighting him. Because of the gospel. And the abundance of revelation. That today you and I will have in the word. But what the enemy used. To try to bring him down. God. By apostle Paul humbling himself. Used it. So rather so. Praise God. One thing you have to understand is this. The angel of Satan uses men. To accomplish his works. (laughs) So when he said that the messenger of Satan. He's talking about him being behind the insults. Behind the persecutions, behind the distressions, just like Satan did with Jesus. First Corinthians 2, 7 to 8. Apostle Paul speaks of this revelation. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom. Which God ordained before the ages for our glory. For our glory. For our glory. So the wisdom of God. Which is for our glory. How did the wisdom of God open up to us? How was it revealed? Watch this. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. Knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So God did not initiate the crucifixion. It was Satan's agenda. But it rather revealed the glory of God. So what Satan was doing, rather went to reveal the hidden glory and the hidden wisdom of God that was for us. And that is what Apostle Paul was trying to say. For some of you, you think that it was God who initiated the crucifixion. No. Christ was meant to save us. And he would have saved us. If even man Didn't do that. He would have what saved us. But the devil used man. To do his agenda. And in the agenda of the devil. The plan of God was unfolded. Let me give you an example. So you know. That it was not God's agenda. It was Satan. So, when Paul was talking about the rulers of this age, he was talking about human beings that were used within that period of time, they were used. And they thought they were rather frustrating God's agenda. In the same way, they thought they were frustrating Apostle Paul's agenda. But Apostle Paul saw through the lens of Christ. Are you getting the point? So what they were using to frustrate him, he saw that, oh, this is rather what they're trying to do, but God uses it and actually reveals and displays his power in the midst of persecution. Praise God. How did I know Satan was the agenda? For Christ's crucifixion. Luke 22, 3-5. to And then John 13, 27. Then Satan entered Judas. Surnamed Iscariot. Who was numbered among the twelve. So what happened? Satan did what? Entered. Was it God's agenda? No. Satan entered Judas. So Judas did what he did. Under the instruction of who, Satan? He was possessed by Satan to do what he did. So he went his way, conferred with the chief priests and captains, how they might betray him to them. And they were glad, and agreed to give him money. John thirteen twenty seven. This was when they were eating the Lord's supper. And he was just about doing it. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Did you hear the statement? What you do, (laughs) do quickly. So this is what the guy has been doing. Under the possession of Satan, and so he says, What you do, do what quickly. All Paul was putting across was simple was that Satan was behind all the weaknesses, the insults, the hardships, the afflictions. The persecutions to derail him from advancing in abundant revelation. But this rather helped him not to puff off, not to grow um, as an ego, hence abounding in humility and to trust in the sufficient grace of God available to him. Praise God. As a matter of fact, some even go further to quote other texts, apart from what we just studied, to buttress such unfounded claims. So what it means is that in their exegesis, (laughs) they want to prove that Paul truly had a physical condition. Meanwhile, the guy was healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. So, look at another scripture that is normally used. Look at another scripture. Galatians chapter 4, verse 13 to 14. Galatians 4.13-14 You know that because of physical infirmity I preached the gospel to you at the first. So you see, the moment they see this they come to the conclusion Ah! That's exactly what he was talking about. So you see now even here he's mentioning it again. And my trial which was in the flesh you did not despise or reject but you received me as an angel of God even as Christ Jesus. So you see if you look at the text and you are not careful you can easily draw the conclusion that oh This scripture just hits the nail on the head and it buttresses 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10. That, oh, true, 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 true. He really, really, really had serious physical conditions and he he was sick, and, and you can see it even in his flesh. And the people didn't even disregard it but accepted the message. We are going to go into this now. Watch this. Paul actually was more like the pastor of the Galatian church then. Look at Galatians 4.15. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. So they say that Paul was actually pastoring the church with A serious eye problem. Eye disease. Because it's like he himself is confessing that his eye had a serious problem. But they disregarded it and they would have even exchanged to give him another eye. Hmm. anyway let's digress a little bit when you're doing exegesis that's what you do so we digress a little bit because Paul uses same words with the church at Corinth okay so some of these things will help you understand the language of Paul so that you don't just come to a conclusion and then settle on certain things and use it as doctrine. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Reading from the New King James Version. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you The testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Check the three. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. What was he talking about? Let's track this historically in the book of Acts. Go to Acts chapter 18 verse 1 verse 4 and verse 6. What exactly is Apostle Paul talking about? I was with you in weakness in fear And in much trembling. Was it a physical condition? Was it a sickness? What was it? Acts chapter 18, 1 4 and 6. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your heads. I am clean. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. So you can see that he was at the Corinthian church when he came to where? Athens and came to Corinth. Is that clear? And look at what happened there. They blasphemed. They opposed the gospel. He shook his raiment and said to them, Your are bloody upon your head. I am clean. And from henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. So the Jews withstood him. And hence his submission in his letter. So that's what he was talking about. They rejected the message. So he was talking about the rejection. That's why he said, I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much what trembling. Look at 1 Corinthians 1, 22-23. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto the Greeks foolishness, and also the Greeks, that is the Gentiles. So you can see clearly that they rejected the message. And in the rejection of the message, Paul, in his language, says, I came to you in what? Weakness, in fear, and in trembling. Why? Because he was opposed vehemently. And they didn't accept the message. He had nothing at all to do with any physical condition. It has to do with their acceptance of the gospel. They didn't accept it. Look at Acts 18:17. Acts 18:17. Then all the Greeks took Sosthenes, the chief ruler of the synagogue, and beat him before the judgment seat. And Gallio cared for none of those things. So In that event, it it became bloody. And that's why he was referring to them the way he was referring to them. Because of the experience. It was persecution for the gospel. And sustenance was the Jew who stood with Paul. So if you look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1. First Corinthians 1 verse 1 where he made the reference he said Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustenance our brother so you see he was referring to that event so Paul's weakness in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3 was in sickness but opposition he received and his inadequacy just as we saw in 2 corinthians 12:97 regarding the thorn in the flesh and the infirmity is that clear now let's go back to galatia did paul refer to a physical infirmity in his letter in the church in Galatia? Let's see the text again. Galatians 4, 13 to 15. You know that because of physical infirmity I preached the gospel to you at the first, and my trial which was in my flesh you did not despise or reject. But you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plugged out your own eyes and given them to me. Like I said, if you look at the references, you think that it's a physical description and it's very obvious. So you can easily be deceived. Look at Acts chapter 14. As we track. Just like we did with the Corinthian church. Let's track this one too. Acts 14. 5 to 10. Acts 14. 5 to 10. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, And to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. And in Lystra. A certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. A cripple from his mother's womb. Who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently. And seeing that he had faith to be healed said with a loud voice, stand up, straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. So, now, certain cities are mentioned here. Lystra, Debbie, Lyconia, and other cities around. Let me go into it. Now Lystra was a Lyconian city in the southern part of Roman province, Galatia. Lyconia was a country of the Lyconians and a district of Asia Minor, comprised within the Roman province of Galatia and including the cities of Derby and Lystra. So you see, Debbie was a city within Galatia. So those Paul wrote to lived in these places. Now, after the miracle. Paul was stoned for refusing deification. Because they wanted to deify him as a god. And Paul refused. Look at Acts 14:19. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there and having dragged, having persuaded the multitude, they torn Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead. So what it means is that they pelted him with rocks just like they did to Stephen. In the case of Stephen he died. But Paul didn't die. Look at Acts 14.20 We're still in Acts 14 because that's where the whole event that was written in Galatians happened. Acts 14:20. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to dead. Hello. So, you see, the guy was stoned, pelted with stones, but God gave him strength to stand. But then you will see that parts of his body will be suffering bruises. (laughs) So, look at 14, 21 to 22. Acts 14.21-22 And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples they returned to Lystra Iconium and Antioch strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So you see He came back again to Lystra to preach and to what? Teach. Remember, it was the very next day. He got there wounded. Not sick of disease, but wounded through persecution. No other instance do we find Paul so described in Acts. He didn't stop going to Galatia. So look at Acts 16. Go to Acts 16. 1, 2, and then 6. Then he came to them and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy. So that is where he met Timothy. The son of a certain Jewish woman who believed that his father was Greek. He was well spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the regions of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Is it clear now? So now, let's read again Galatians 4. Let's go back to the scripture. 13-15. Galatians 4, 13-15. That is where we see the scripture. You know that because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at the first. Does it make sense now? And my trial which was in my flesh, (laughs) because I was stoned, because I was wounded, you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God. Even as Christ Jesus, what then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. So this was Acts 14. He was talking about. It was not sickness No diseases. He didn't have any physical condition. Your problem is the study. You spend time with business, with gossip with a lot of things rather than the word even as I'm speaking I'm sure your mind sometimes is just walking riding flying listen to me What Paul suffered, the apostles suffered too. And he suffered a lot in the hands of tormentors as he continued to preach and teach in physical pain and agony, yet in much joy. So anytime you hear him talking about weakness, it is because of their persecutions. Like he said in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-25. As they, ministers of Christ, I speak as a fool. I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often, from the Jews five times, I receive 40 stripes minus one. Oh my God. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. You see what he was referring to? The stoning. (laughs) The the Galatian event, event. That's what he just mentioned. Three times I was shipwrecked, A night. And a day. I have been in deep affliction. So you see, most times he was in much pain. And weakness in his flesh, in his body. Where did they learn this? Where did Paul get this? Matthew 27:30. And they spit upon him and took the reed. And smote him on the head. Christ, the master, suffered for the sake of the gospel. And we all do so. It will be absurd nonsense to use some of these verses or texts to justify why divine healing isn't available or why God may allow sickness in our lives. It is an error of interpretation. More so then it will be attempting to say that God sent the crowds to stone him. <laughs> this was a guy who God used to heal so many. He thought about the gifts of healing. First Corinthians 12, 9, 28. To another gifts of healing. By the same spirit. And God has set some in the church. Then he says the gift of healing. Galatians 3.5 Therefore he who supplies the spirit to you. And works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law. Or by the hearing of faith. Miracles. Healing miracles. Things of the spirit. That is how he started there. How would he again come to speak against the same thing that he was doing regularly? Acts 14, the same place the event happened. Before he was told. What happened? Acts 14, 10. The guy said, with, he said with a loud voice, rather, Stand upright on your feet and he leaped and walked straight away the guy was healed So there was a major witness of his ministry in Asia which included Galatia where miracles broke Look at Acts 15 Acts 15 speaks to that Acts 15:12 they were still there then all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring How many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. So they actually spoke to the other disciples and declared to them how God was using them mightily. Acts 19, 10, 11. And this continued for two years. So that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. 11. Now God worked unusual miracles. By the hands of Paul. Paul never preached sickness. As a sign of God's will. Or proof. Of his own obedience to God. Sickness. Can never. Be a sign of God's will. Or a proof. Of one's obedience to God. How do you judge God like that? It's a false doctrine. It misrepresents the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Healing is yours today. Sickness is not part of God's will. It is God's perfect will that you are healed, that you walk in health if you can only believe. Sickness can never have your body nor plague you. I'll come your way again next week and we shall round it up. You are blessed. You are favored of God. Work in understanding and in knowledge so you are not deceived. So you are cheated out of your inheritance. So you die and you go and you realize that you had so much in store for you but just because you didn't know. Jesus loves you. I love you so much. Bye bye. Grace glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it thin.